partnership between uh, WCC Radio and the uh, Star Tribune editorial board. John Rash and DJ Tice are here. Okay, let's start, uh, John, with you and the news of the last 25 minutes. On the floor of the Senate, Mitt Romney, the uh, senator from Utah, says on one of the counts, the abuse of power, he is voting to convict the president in his impeachment trial. Um, How significant is this for Mitt Romney, for the president, and the Republican Party? A remarkable Republican exception to what has been happening in the United States Senate, which is moving towards a quick acquittal. And not only that, many members parroting President Trump's line that it was a perfect call or a near-perfect call, or those who want to verbally rebuke him or say that they disapprove of what he did, but they think that impeachment went too far. The president fired back at some of those senators this morning, calling it again a perfect call. So this is quite significant. Senator Romney certainly wasn't popular among core conservatives who make up groups like CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Committee, which made a virtue of putting an ad out that they he was uninvited right. for their upcoming convention here. This will only solidify the split. But I certainly think that in the moment and as history goes on, this will be something he will be remembered for. He seemed to have that in mind as he made this decision. And I think that the call will look like the right one as years go on. Yeah, I think uh, significant most of all for Romney uh, himself and and his legacy. Uh, I said to John on the way over that he's he's added a line to that first paragraph in his obit, uh, and uh, his speech was certainly you know heartfelt and and uh, and eloquent. It seemed very much as if he had uh, struggled with the decision. Yep, and he didn't uh, he didn't fault anyone for disagreeing with him. He credited all of them with uh, uh, you know being sincere and thoughtful and uh, driven by conscience in their decision, which maybe a lot of people are going to think is over generous mm-hmm. one way or the other. Yeah, but uh, uh, but he wasn't uh, he wasn't out to pass uh, judgment on his colleagues, uh, but you know clearly to. Um, Call it the way you saw it. And, 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 Doug, I know we expect the president to handle this respectfully, uh, to uh, look at Mitt Romney and say, you know, this is what the responsibilities are when you're a senator. You get to handle uh, uh, things the way you would like, and our relationship still would be a very professional and courteous going forward. Well, that's the kind of class and grace that we've come to expect <laughs> from our <laughs> from our president. No, I think we can uh, probably count on the president for some flaming uh, tweets yes. uh, and probably revisiting some of the uh, unpleasant stories he's told about Romney in the past, Romney seeking uh, his endorsement back in 2012, crawling, him, crawling yeah. and begging. Uh, on the other hand, I'm kind of wondering if uh, Joe Biden now will apologize for the going to keep you all in chains line, which you may recall from 2012. One yeah. Of the, uh, memorable lines that he sh- fired at uh, at Mitt Romney That's right. in one of the uh, the lively crossfires there. Romney, I dare say, was a fair bit more generous to uh, the former vice president. Yes, he was. Uh, John uh, Donald Trump Jr. is already calling through Twitter in the last three minutes that Mitt Romney should be expelled from the GOP. How do you expect? the the rest of the senators who are republicans 
to react to Romney? Will it just be the divide of the 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 more passionate Trump supporters will be more vehement in their disagreement or will almost all of them just try to move on and get past this and, and feel like that the president and the party are better when we're focusing on what's coming up next as opposed to this? Even his staunchest supporters in the Senate didn't want the president to bring up impeachment in the State of the Union address last night. They clearly want to move on. It's an election year for the nation, if not for their individual states, although a third of them will be up for election or re-election as we continue on in 2020 here. So he seems to be a really collegial member of the Senate, someone whom all of them supported when he ran for president. I think that the way that he framed it in terms of not going after his fellow senators but talking about his own individual conscience will help him with his colleagues from that perspective. I think also attention will clearly shift towards Senator Joe Manchin among yeah. maybe a few others, Christian Cinema out of Arizona, Democrats, more moderate from more red states who have not announced the direction that they're going to go regarding acquittal. And I think that Senator Romney's words and how well he seemingly spoke them might influence them as well. I do think that uh, that Romney's not passing any judgments on anybody else's uh, uh, actions and, and decisions on this will go a long way. Also, they have a, a vested interest in moving together as a caucus, uh, both you know on on uh, the business that they may uh, face uh, in the months ahead, but also on the election campaign. Yep. And so, I would expect Mitch McConnell and uh, others, publicly at least, uh, you know, to be respectful and uh, and uh, res- supportive of of Romney's good standing in the Republican Party. Gentlemen, we like to keep score. We like to, we like to look and say after something happened, who has benefited more? You at times had Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff and other Democrats in 2019 who were reluctant uh to 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 jump into the impeachment fight. And in the end, those two in particular jumped in the deep end. And it certainly passed in the House. They tried vigorously in the Senate. I thought they made a very good case and why John Bolton and others should have been called as witnesses. But in the end, the president will be acquitted. He has come out of this with uh, his highest approval ratings in Gallup at 49 percent. Seems like that's still not that high, but it's the highest he's had through the entirety, John, of his presidency. If you had to say right now. Which side has benefited more, the Democrats who wanted to impeach the president or the president? I think it's the president, and I think it's notably the president. What, where, do you, where do you think it stands between the two? It's Congress's constitutional duty to hold the executive branch accountable. So in the end, if they're responsible office holders, in Senate, our Speaker Pelosi certainly among those, they had to decide you know, whether they were going to adhere to that duty and wherever the politics fell. Certainly the president's numbers have come up in terms of approval, but I think that in the long view, considering his behavior, that the Democrats might have looked even worse, especially to their core voters, that they weren't willing to stand up for principle and for what they believe is the right and dutiful thing to do as elected office holders. So I think that Politically, it may be a draw 
but certainly in terms of what they are elected to do, the Democrats do come out slightly ahead. I agree with you, Chad. I think, I mean, I hope that they did it because they thought it was the right thing to do. Yeah. And I'll, I'll take them at their word that that's why they did it, because politically I don't think it made any sense for them. Uh, and, you know, the outcome was the most surprising thing since the sun came up in the east this morning. Mm. Uh, and we've known that for months. And they didn't really seem to have a strategy for, for dealing with that. Um, so I, you know, I think politically it's been a pratfall for the the Democrats, uh, but um, they did uh, get the uh, president's behavior publicly exposed yep. uh, and discussed. And from uh, the standpoint of the nation's well-being, that may uh, justify the whole ordeal. Uh, but politically, I think you're right. On to the uh, State of the Union and the fiasco that was Monday night in Iowa. Back with uh, John and uh, Doug in a matter of moments. The uh, State of the Union takes place last night where the president gets a massive audience. He gets all members of Congress in one room. He gets to put it together how he would like, Doug. He is starting his reelection, right? And, you know, we're looking at starting. Yeah. Well, I suppose he started November 6, 2016 at about one thirty as he was winning. You're 100 percent right there. But, you know, we've we've watched Clinton two terms. We've watched Bush two terms and Obama two terms. And I think if we look back at, at the speeches they gave, uh, there would be a lot to their base at that time, you know, patting themselves in the back. Donald Trump is never, ever going to be shy in appealing to his base, in, in, in bragging about what he's done. What stood out the most to you about the presentation last night? Well, you know, uh, Trump is a politician just like any other politician, only more so, way more so. Uh, yes, the, the, the politicking, the, the boasting, the shots at uh, the other side of the previous administration, it's all... It's all routine. Uh, Trump just does it with a little more pugnacity and bombast, and that was uh, that was certainly there. I, you know, the b- most bizarre element was the way he has uh, expanded the hero in the audience uh, routine, and now it's uh, you know we've got fifteen special guests, and they all many of them at least you know get prizes yeah. or some kind of award uh, ceremony. We had the uh, little girl who got the scholarship award. We had the Tuskegee Airman who had just been promoted to brigadier general yep. uh, that day. And his had great the, grandson had the right there. With the grandson. We had Rush Limbaugh get his uh, Medal of Freedom. And then, of course, we had the surprise uh, family reunion. Yep. You know, I can understand why Nancy Pelosi <laughs> ripped up the speech in disgust at the end. She hadn't won anything. Yeah. <laughs> in the she kept show, waiting. Wait right? What am I going to get? I was expecting him to, you know, roll out a new car yeah. for somebody at right. some point. Uh, you know, so it really was just, uh, uh, you know, a circus show. And, and yet you got to admit it, it's compelling and entertaining and, and unlike it uh, any him. other uh, State of the Union address. Uh, that said, you know, he talked for an hour and a half. Yep. Certainly touched on a lot of uh, of boasting points, uh, about half of which are true, and uh, um, I might a take lot, the under. A lot, a lot of, a lot of uh, you know, you know, proposals 
uh, as well, although he certainly gave us very little substance yeah, or, or meat on those, uh, yeah. uh, on those bones. But, uh, you know, the showmanship, I think, is, is the, the thing that stands out. John, uh, as it ends, Nancy Pelosi takes the speech and rips it up, and the Republicans are apoplectic. How can you do this to our norms, to our protocols, to the respect? And I'm thinking, are you kidding me? Donald Trump uh, goes to the shredder with norms and decorum and classic Washington, D.C. every single day. Now, normally Pelosi has stayed above that. She also didn't introduce the president the normal way. Uh, She was greeted with a standing ovation today by the Democrats. Along with the speech, what was your view on on how Pelosi played this out, including with uh, plenty of uh, gesticulation and reactions behind the president the entire time? Michelle Obama quite rightly went forward with they go low, we go high. And that was a very effective slogan and practice for the Democrats. And it made them able to blunt and not get deeper into the mud with Republican counterparts. And so it was an unforced error of Speaker Pelosi to do that because that's the optic that so many take from her. And as opposed to her looking like a principled constitutionalist regarding impeachment, it looks more political and it undercuts her case of bringing this through the House and then ultimately having it move to a trial in the Senate. That said, you're quite right. There's a lack of decorum on both sides. Certainly the president has broken nearly every norm that exists. And so there's a high degree of hypocrisy when you have Republicans who are inflamed by this kind of behavior. But that doesn't mean that the Speaker of the House should have done that. I think that she's best serves and best serves the country if she sticks to her principles and reacts with grace and class. And I think that was not her best moment. You know, uh, she was doing a lot of seemingly like talking to herself behind the president. And well, I, and at times talking to Pence right? like like he was going to go, yeah, but you're right. I, I came to realize that, you know, she's just praying for him yeah. while she's there. <laughs> as She's assured us she does daily. Yes. And uh, she had to do a, like a whole rosary. You know, yeah, she, would... she had time. Uh, but no, I, uh, you know, I think she needs to remember the lesson that that Jeb Bush and Rubio and Ted Cruz and they all should have taught their fellow politicians that you can't beat this guy at that game, you can't beat him at the Doesn't trash work. talking game. So he's better at it. You shouldn't play it. He's better at it. Okay, John, on to Iowa. Uh, old people on the app, not enough people having uh, phones availability, uh, an app that a lot of people were saying days before it's not going to work and it's fiasco. We still don't have the final results. We're sitting here uh, at 154 on a Wednesday. Does Iowa even matter at this point? Uh, if it stays the same and Bernie gets m- the most votes, but Buttigieg gets the most delegates, have we already missed the window when any sort of bounce and uh, ability to build off that? Has that ended, or is it still somewhat relevant at some point? It matters for all the wrong reasons. Here you have candidates who are calling for all the way up to a revolution in terms of changing how the American economy and society work, and they can't even get a caucus election to work in a medium-sized Midwestern state. And that sends a message not just to voters in that state, within the region, around the country. But internationally, people are watching this as well. President Trump is the most consequential leader 
in the world as every U.S. president is. His reelection is a key issue in countries spanning the globe. They're looking to see who's going to be the candidate to take him on, and this is what they see happening. So it's an embarrassment for the party, but for the nation as well. And it really does obscure the work that many people, candidates of course, but also so many of their volunteers put in for a year and sometimes even beyond that. And a remarkable outcome, regardless of one's politics, this is a state that was known for the historic vote that launched President Obama to become the first African-American president of the United States. Regardless of what happens with his electoral fortunes, a once totally obscure mayor of South Bend, Indiana, a 37-year-old man veteran um, who was openly, the first openly gay candidate, right. wins the Iowa caucus, which yep. is an extraordinary story that now is on about page 5B yep. in the New York Times. It's amazing. And so on to New Hampshire, and we'll see what happens there. It uh, the the murkiness uh, resulting from this uh, another pratfall, um, you know, it's a bad break for Buttigieg certainly undermining his uh, his victory there, but it's a great gift to Joe Biden, who had a terrible night, terrible. and it all gets a little bit obscured by this watered down, and gives him another chance. Though so he's going to need to show something significant to live up to his front-runner status. Why, why do we think he's going real to do quick? I, I actually am not at all convinced that he is and have never thought that he was as good I'm a candidate as, as people thought. But, uh, you know, his pitch that he's the electable candidate is going to wear pretty thin pretty fast. I'm the one who can beat Trump if you can't even beat yeah. Buttigieg or, uh, or Warren yeah. or hardly Klobuchar. Yeah, and, okay, so speaking of Klobuchar, we got about 90 seconds left total here. John, you first. Um, how should she take this? In, in, in Behind the scenes, how should she assess this? That she has done extraordinarily well considering that she stayed in the race, did better than senators from big states, Kamala Harris, Kirsten Gillibrand, and many others, and yet she did finish fifth. If she doesn't do much better in New Hampshire, the resources will be depleted and she doesn't want to come to her home state on Super Tuesday and lose an election in a state where she has the claim to fame of doing extraordinarily well throughout Minnesota. So she'll really have to reassess it at that point. Do you think it's an automatic, Doug, that she runs here? If she, if she doesn't fare very well in New Hampshire, she she's not building much traction in South Carolina and Nevada. Could she yeah. get out by Minnesota? Yes, I, I, I think I could foresee that happening. You know, I have thought for some time that uh, Klobuchar's realistic – strategy in all of this is probably to run for either next time or a sub spot on the ticket like vice president or some other kind of job not Mm -hmm. really for the the top job and she could after new hampshire and maybe another primary or two decide to get out of somebody's way endorse them in minnesota and you know hope that uh, she might find a spot in their on their team Gents, great as always. Thanks so much. Thank you. That's Playing Politics with the Star Tribune Editorial Board. Your Linda's construction time check is 158. Time to call for a free estimate on Infinity from Marvin Windows.